This is Valley Watch, your first choice for public safety news and information. With Phoenix Fire Department Deputy Communication Director, Ali Party, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Good morning. Yes, that's me, Allie Party. Welcome to Valley Watch, hosted by the Phoenix Fire Department, brought to you by our good friends here at Bonneville Broadcasting. Not always, but more often than not, I am joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Captain Rob McDade. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I, I love coming to KTAR. I just want to tell I know Bonneville Broad Bonneville. Bonneville. <laughs> it works. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. I don't know where I was going with it's that. It's early. It's it early. Is. Yes. But oh uh, I think, I don't know if I say it enough. I probably do. Ooh, I love good. the folks at KTR. They're such great partners with us. Truly. Uh, I mean, we're very fortunate. We have very good media partners. Um, it's, it's, it's essential I mean, for our public affairs. they used to employ affairs. me, so I yes. was, I'm quite the fan myself. Right? Yes. But so. I'll say this. They're always so friendly when we come here. Yes. And, uh, they're an institution, right? Absolutely. I mean, KTR is synonymous no, we talk with of, Phoenix Media. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. You know, us as the Phoenix Fire Department Public Affairs Section, we work all the time with media, but the more we're on KTAR, the better, because we know that this is just one of those staple outlets for people, whether they're in the car, they're getting pushed, text alerts, breaking news, all that kinds of stuff. So we're thrilled to be here, happy to have this partnership. And, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy summer. You know, school's back in session, I guess. Apparently, I've been seeing on social media kids <laughs> with backpacks. I do love like, that, right? That's just when social that. media is good. Yes. Some of my friends, you know, that I've known forever, I love seeing they got the backpacks and that's your best day to wear your best clothes. Oh right? yeah. Oh no. That's that you've come had, out the gate strong. You've had that July thirty first, Monday, first day of school. That outfit's been picked out for three weeks. Oh yeah. You're it's gonna so, show up. It's you crispy, need to, it's starch. Yeah. yeah, no. And I love seeing the trends. I'm like, okay. That's back. back in the style. Bracelets are back. I've got the, mine on of right now. You do. <laughs> yes. But uh good segue in there. So quick reminder, I know we talked a little about about what we wanted to discuss, mm-hmm. but the buses are on the roads. Uh, you might have been taking a route where you go to work every day, and now you're seeing the bus and the signs go out. School Please get zones. off your phones. Please get aware. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always, you know, my biggest concern this time of year is we don't want anything happening with our young ones headed to yeah. school on their bikes, walking, getting off the buses. Yeah. So be hyper vigilant. Make, make sure you know. You might not be on Instagram knowing that they're all back. Correct. But they're back. They're, yeah. They'll be coming back to school in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It's the school zones. It's being hyper aware of crosswalks and, you know, pedestrians. But at the same time, you know, we work hand in hand with Phoenix police all the time. Those tickets are serious in school zones. Slow down. So it's not only just, you know, keeping you from paying tickets, but it's also that could be the difference between life and death. So right. we, and it's not cool. To wear the helmets, trust me. Three oh, kids I pushed through school. Yeah, no. I said, all right, you want to wear your bike, you got to put the helmet on. But, Dad, it looks so... It's sorry. Mess up my hair. That's it. That's the rule, <laughs> yeah. right? Because it is. Because it could turn into a small mm-hmm. fall off that bike and their precious heads and yeah. it's very dangerous. So no. strap those on, make That's sure you're wearing the point. helmets and make sure your kids are wearing their helmets. Absolutely. And I mean, it's in nature. We talk about it all the time, just heat safety and everything that goes along with it. You know, when kids are back in school, they're on a new routine. And what does that mean for, you know, drinking water and having their lunchtime and all that kinds of stuff. And so that was something that was brought up to our attention the other day and was like, well, that is a very good point. 
point. You know, it is on teachers and classrooms and everything to help with that. But, you know, playground equipment is hot. And, you know, I even remember when I was in school, it was like it wasn't always a rainy day schedule, but it was like extreme heat schedule. And sometimes they wouldn't let us go out for recess when there was excessive heat warnings. Like it is. It's bizarre. It's not happen in my time. Yes. Get out of the classroom. Get out on the thing. And then we would just be like cattle finding the tree. Yeah. Hide under. No. A little tough. I don't know if you could tell this about me or not, but like I went, I went hard during recess. Like it was, we were playing, we were playing soccer. We were playing bump out. Like it was how competitive can we physically be? So, um, no, I will never forget when they would wheel out that, uh, TV in the cafeteria and it was like, oh. We have to watch. See, that was only for rainy days. For no, me, now it was heat which days. All six of them yes. going to school here in Phoenix. For me, I back mean, in it's the... not, yeah, not enough. So, as we write this ship and we continue to talk about actual pertinent safety information, yes. we last week there was another greater alarm fire. Um, everybody and their mother in the valley could see this large plume of smoke. And so, that's back to back major incidents for the Phoenix Fire Department and surrounding agencies. We talk about it all the time the automatic aid in- agencies and how that operates. Let's just go back to what was it, Wednesday? And, yeah, so and, it was Wednesday yeah. and it was. In that, so let's call it 31st Avenue and Buckeye. So mm-hmm. we're talking southwest portion of the valley. There's some old, you know, really, I would say, gentrified areas where it is what it is, where there's a mixed use area. Heavy industrial. Heavy some, industrial. Yeah. You might find a welding shop in there. You might find a shop that does, works on trucks or cars. Mm-hmm. And it could be a storage area for. Uh, cars that are wrecked, a lot of folks can go there. I need a steering oh, wheel from a 1983 yeah. Ford, you know, Chevy yeah. Caprice. You're going to find it down mm-hmm. there. So unfortunately, it looked like this fire, uh, the, the investigation is not complete, but it looks like, as always, it started in a grass area, yeah. made its way through a fence, and then started jumping. Uh, our crews did a phenomenal job, but I had a one of our uh, deputy chiefs, Mike Ong, mm-hmm. who you've had on the show before, said it looked like a plane had crashed when he was responding Jeez. to it because it was very thick, concentrated smoke. It was smoke. so black. Right. Yeah. And it was one of those that where that's when our public affairs team and our PIOs, our number one thing is, you know, we have to let operations do what they do. Yeah. But the media is saying, what is this? Do we need to avoid the area? Mm-hmm. And everybody was talking about it. It ended up being a fourth alarm fire that was rapidly moving. I can say this, that uh, jumping to the chase here, that... Within 90 minutes, we had that fire under control. Which we is, stopped the spread of it. Yeah. So if you're if you're talking fire department tactics and strategy, I will take a little hot lap. Oh, on I was going to say our absolutely. training, how it pays off. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough. I was doing um, some phone live phone interviews on the on the different various Local channels, TV, trying to hit yeah. everybody mm-hmm. 15 to three and five, 10 and 12. And from that vantage point, uh, one of the anchors did uh, make the point saying, you know, Rob, I, I, we're 90 minutes in, and it looks like you guys. Have it under control. We're seeing white smoke and all mm-hmm. that. And I would say, while it was a very dangerous situation, because you've got there was ammo that was going off, propane tanks that wow. were exploding, mm-hmm. high tension power lines above us directly, and not only that, we were asking our firefighters to do very hard physical work, In maneuvering hand lines through uh, burned out cars mm-hmm. and areas to get to the seat of that fire. Uh, we did have a couple of firefighters that needed to be transported for exhaustion. I can tell you firsthand, those were firefighters that just kept working and working and working. Yeah. Top physical shape firefighters. One of them was one of our younger members, mm-hmm. was working a saw to cut down a fence, and he was uh. on that saw for probably three to four minutes making those cuts in there and then just 
had to be helped to the ground. So our folks will work themselves to the ground. Yeah. We try to avoid that. Our command officers work that. But again, another example of you never know when they're going to happen, but we've had a lot of training for them now. This is pre- yeah. almost unprecedented well, we right now. We talk about it all the time. Like Phoenix Fire is it's the legacy department. You, you're, you look at the training and where how we lead that. Well, things are going to be challenged when it's 115 potentially outside. I forget what yesterday or whatever. Like 13 yesterday. Yeah, however hot it was. And um, when you think about what that takes its toll on a firefighter, meanwhile, they've got 70 pounds of gear on in addition to working for how long while climbing over, you know, fences and all sorts of things. So, you know, the firefighters did an amazing job on con- containing that fire within 90 minutes. Meanwhile, not even a week, two weeks earlier, there was a very not similar situation, but a different in similar in size, but different nature type yeah, of fire. Large propane fire near 40th Street in Washington. Again, that was a greater alarm, fourth alarm fire. Um, and again, almost at that same time, that peak heat time during It's always the during day. rush hour when everybody can see it and then everybody's blowing up social media, what's going on? And right. we're trying to get that message right. out. And with that, we had propane cylinders that were explosive traveling 500 yards in that footprint of that Insane. fire. Again, another one of those. Now we have the hazardous component. We have to, We the gas tanks were what we call a blevy, and they mm. were off-gassing. So we, we kept those burning. That's what we mm-hmm. do because we could see the gas. We don't want that gas to not be burning. So then it, it'll sit, remember, it's heavier than air. It's going to yeah. migrate into that area. So that was a very interesting, but again, it goes back to the training. And if I may, when I talk talk about extreme heat, how busy we've been, when I was talking to the media on Wednesday, we specifically talked about how do we attack these fires? Because you show up and there's now we've got what looks to be an entire city block and growing mm-hmm. on fire. But that goes back to our training. Even now during this extreme heat, it's essential that a fire department that is proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. And we, we're we still putting our folks out there to train, to talk about it, to how do we lay into this? How do we put the, just think about the ladder trucks? There was narrow alleys. We had stuff that was burned up. We have to get those large. How do you drive that apparatus right, in there? Right, yeah, hundred foot ladder truck mm-hmm. that's got to make its way into there. We practice that. We work with our engineers. They're masterful. I have a tough time parallel parking. <laughs> these men and women we don't are driving to, these. I was yes. going to say we don't need to talk about my yes, parking. Yeah, it's that's terrible. <laughs> but we have these men and women that are engineers mm-hmm. that are wheeling these big rigs in these tight areas and putting these ladders in a position to make mm-hmm. a difference. Well, at the end of the day, the job of working at, in this line of work, it's always there's going to be unpredictable things. For example, that fire on Wednesday was wind driven. So how do you play into that? You can't always train for wind. So they obviously thought on their feet and they quickly overcame that. But at the same time, they were prepared in other ways that helped them take advantage of it despite not knowing about the wind. And so, you know, we're always probably going to assume there's going to be extreme temperatures just based on where we're located. And a lot of people already working here and knowing that. But like you said, the training component when it comes to getting acclimated to the heat, knowing that those safety messages are going out from executive staff, the local 493's leadership to get prepared and acclimated, whether it's hydrating, doing proper skills course, not working out in the heat of the day. Right, and that's the thing. I'll speak about that. And that was actually brought up in a post sort of a rundown of how the fire went and our our captains, our company officers, Mm -hmm. we call them, 
yes, we, we need our folks to be working out, but you can't put them into the ground, as we say, on the fire ground. To, Save for some training. in the tank. We yeah. got to have them ready to go. So when that four o'clock in the afternoon fire mm-hmm. goes out or our firefighters properly rested, again, remember they're running EMS calls. But if I may, when we talk about this training component, we've trained for that. So you say, well, we, you know, if you haven't had an emergency like that, if you're recently been traveling along I-17 near the Dunlap, near the Metro Center area, you're seeing that large bridge span. That's for the light rail uh, extension of the light rail. And that's mm-hmm. going to be one of the hubs for the light rail. Well, we've never put a light rail over an active highway. We are going to be training in two weeks on if there was an emergency, catastrophic, too small, yeah. how do we get up there? How do we mitigate that? Mm-hmm. So your fire department, your Phoenix Fire Department, along with our, our uh, mutual aid and our mm-hmm. automatic aid partners with Glendale and yeah. Tempe Scottsdale, we train, we, we play out every scenario you could possibly think about so that when it does happen, we're wait, we've been here, we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Yeah. Where do we want to have our water supply? Where do we want to put our truck? So we're always continually training, and that's what leads to success on the fire ground. As always, the time goes so fast. Thank you. And I we teased some pretty cool stuff right there at the end. And so I know that you'll be back very soon so we can finish so. we can finish that conversation. But thank you for joining and, and it's our a, folks at Bonnyville. A Bonnyville. <laughs> Hello, my darling. That was classic. Yes. I can't wait to listen back to that. But no, thank you for joining us and for everyone that's listening. Stay safe and have a happy Sunday.